I'm Sam Dingman. And I'm Mac Montandon. And on our new podcast, The Rumor, we're trying to figure out if the Orioles faked a power outage in 1997. The answer involves Baseball Hall of Famer Cal Ripken Jr., Hollywood Hall of Famer Kevin Costner, and a renegade cop who goes by Mad Dog. We're going to try to unravel this mystery before this mystery unravels us. Listen to The Rumor on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sponsored by WinBet. Bag time. I want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, Smooth My Balls, for sponsoring this episode. Smooth My Balls is next level for male grooming. They offer some of the best above the belt and below the belt razors and clippers, but that's not all they offer. They offer many other grooming accessories, but that's not even the best part. You ready for this? The best part is that they offer a 30-day money-back guarantee and free worldwide shipping. That means no matter where you at in this world, you're going to get free shipping. And on top of all of that, because y'all my peoples, if you use my discount code, you'll get 15% off your order. My discount code is CLUTCHTALK in all lowercase. That's C-L-U-T-C-H-T-A-L-K. Clutch talk, so there's no excuse to be out here looking like James Harden. Let's get to this episode, man. I want to be the best. I want to be the best. I want to be the best. And that's, why, that's why I play the game. To be the best, you have to win. And that's what drives me. Drives me. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I am your host, John. Very happy to be here. Jenner, what's up, man? Yo, yo, happy to be on doing these uh, end of season awards is the best time of the year playoffs awards, best time of the year for basketball. Exactly, man. You know, th- these season awards, this- these episodes are going to be fire, man, because these season awards. So because it's going to be a fire episode, we had to bring a fire guest, had to bring my guy Zay in, man, a real Bay Area native. What's, what's up, Zay? How you doing? I'm good. It's nice to see you. Nice to meet you, Junior. Nice to meet you. Zay, tell before, but this is tight. Shit, sorry for swearing. No, you good. No, you. Hey, Zay, th- th- you go go ahead and let him out if you need to, Zay. Uh, but we're we're really excited to have you on, Zay. So, do, do you want to tell the fans a little bit about like your basketball history? You know, you, I know you were a diehard Warriors fan. Yeah, talk so about that a little bit. Born and raised San Francisco, living in Oakland right now. Warriors fan my whole life. My grandpa was a diehard Warriors fan, A's fan. So whenever I go to his house, I'm watching the Warriors. But whenever we're getting blown out, he turn it off. So I never see us lose. So <laughs> I highlights really. So I was seeing, I was seeing all the threes and crossovers. I wasn't seeing us lose. But it was nice seeing the Warriors win a championship like five years or past five years, like eight years ago, whatever. Now we're kind of trash. It's all good. I'm must still have faith. Just like I know you, you guys got Laker faith. I'm going to have Warriors faith my whole life. Exactly. 
there you go. There you go. You, That's you, the you best. Gotta stay, you got to stay strong. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to at least one time in my lifetime. There, there you go. There you go. There you go. But all right. So today, you guys, so what we got planned on the schedule here today is we're, we're going to talk about the these season awards. We're going to talk about six man of the year, most improved, and of course, the highly coveted MVP award. So y- you guys ready to jump into these? Yeah. Let's do this. So, Junior, do you want to you want you want to kick it off for us, man? You want to tell us who do you got for your six man of the year award, man? This this one was uh, not as controversial as the other ones, but uh, let's see who you got, Junior. Yeah, I mean, absolutely got to go down to Jordan Clarkson. He ended up the season playing 68 out of 72 games. Amazing availability, which Zay, we always say that's the best type of ability is availability. So he was right there, always available for his team, except for four games, I guess. But he was really available for his team. He's putting up 18.4 points per game, which is amazing to have somebody coming off the bench and giving you almost 20. Um, respectable 43% from the field, decent 35% from three, you know, and he's been, he's just been balling. So he deserves the, uh, the six man of the year award. And they're not, they're not empty stats either. You know, he was able to contribute to winning basketball as the jazz had the best record in the NBA. And, you know, like I said, when we did these, these part way through the season is he knows his role and executes it perfectly. And that's a huge factor in uh, being a six man of the year as well. Is just knowing that role, being able to being comfortable with coming off the bench, you know, He's been balling. He could have asked to start, but he, you know, he knew his role. He knew what the team needed him to do and how he could help the team. And that's what he did. So big shout out to, you know, 2021 six man of the year, Jordan Clarkson. Shout out JC, man, a former Laker. Got to show some love to a former Laker. But uh, hey, Zay, who, 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 who are you feeling for this six man? You agree with Junior? Yes. Jordan Clarkson, 100%. That's my Filipino brother right there. <laughs> but he had a full year. Yeah, no, he's been balling. He deserves it for sure. Is that who you got too, John? Yeah, that, that, that that's exactly who I got, man. You know, he led the NBA in, in, in bench scoring. And he also, you know, he, he made history. He, he made 208 made threes this year, which is the most in the NBA history for a bench player. So, you know, that's sh- – shout out to JC, man, you know, ac- accomplishing great things. And like how you mentioned, Junior, you know, he played his role well. You know, six men, what you're supposed to do is you're, sp- you're supposed to come off the bench, bring that momentum, be that microwave, and bring in that energy. And that's you – know, and that's exactly what he did for for the Jazz, man. So, I- I'm, gl- I'm glad we're all in consensus here. We all agree to JC on this one. Yes, sir. Especially all right. Ball dope dope all right so all right so let's move on to this to this most improved player man this one can can go can go multiple ways on this one but i'm zay i want you to go ahead and kick this one off for us Zay. let us know who do you got for most improved and i got julius randall but it was a close i, I had michael porter jr close number one like because he he doubled his scoring like his shooting percentages are crazy right now but Julius Randle obviously the Knicks weren't a playoff team they weren't expected to be a playoff team he just went from a very very good player to all NBA player like that's usually what the most improved player is is a good player to an all-star level player that's what yeah so I'm going Julius Randle Michael Porter Jr. might get it next year we'll see Definitely, definitely. We'll, have I, we'll probably have to take a big jump to get it next year. I, I think, I think it's definitely interesting, Zay. Zay, how about how you how you bring up uh, MPJ? Because most people at the beginning of the season actually had MPJ as their as their most improved, and which is why we have to 
tip our hats off to Randall because how impressive th- this is because we no one had him here at the beginning of the season. So he went from nobody gave him the award to the most deserving for this award. And li- like how you mentioned is that, you know, he doubled, doubled his points, he doubled, doubled his assists, his three, three point percentage doubled that he's, he's shooting a 45% from the field. And realistically he's averaging only two points less than, a possible MVP in, in, in Jokic, you know, so you know, we'll, we'll get to that. I know, I know Junior has got, got some of the things that some say about that MVP or Jokic. So, uh, so yes, we'll, we'll get there, man. But like, like I was saying with Julius Randle, you know, he's improved with every single stat, you know, he's improving his scoring. He's improved in, in his uh, field goal percentages and assists. And the, for the fact that he also improved in winning, he took the, the 12 seed, Knicks that they were the 12th seed uh, last season and now they're the the fourth seed in Knicks and we haven't seen much of a roster change in in, in the Knicks like it's not it's not like they went it's not like they went from you know and having LeBron to not having LeBron or or vice versa right they they didn't have much of a roster change and they made this dramatic jump from 12 to 4 and like how you uh, accounted to Zay and that's because of Julius Randle you know he has really taken the load of scoring taking the load of we, we got a win on, on, on his shoulders here. So, Junior, you, you want to talk to us about who you got for MV, uh, from MPI? Yeah. So, it's, there was definitely a, a good race here between MPJ, Grant, and Randall. And honestly, this one was actually a little different, a little different for me to think about. So, like, if you look at the, the three players, Randall's by far the best player on the list. But, like, who improved the most from last season to this season? It has to be Jeremy Grant. Right. I mean, the, 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 the only issue I have with him winning this award and by the way, I do have Julius Randall as my most improved player, but I'm saying like, how do we, how do we look at it? Is it just individual improvement? Because it could have been Jeremy Grant. What I'm looking at is the fact that the Pistons were dead, dead last in the East. So yes, he improved a lot, but did nothing for his team. You know, uh, I also can't pin the, the, the Pistons terrible season just on Jeremy Grant alone. But I would expect that, you know, most improved player winner to at least bring something more to their team than being East. Uh, I know that when we did this, this, this award earlier in the season, I did pick Jeremy Grant. And so far, all of my picks have matched up with what I had in the beginning of the season, in the middle of the season. But uh, ultimately, now I do, I'm, I am going to make a change and I am going to go with Julius Randle uh, for most improved player. Uh, the numbers have slightly improved. Actually, you know, they've been a good improvement. Points a game to 24. 9.7 rebounds to 10.2, 3.1 assists to six. That's actually pretty nice. He increases steals to 0.9. He's, his blocks and his field goals stay the same. But what was really impressive was his jump at the three-point line. So he went from a 28% three-point shooter to a 41%. That just means you're such a bigger threat, you know, on the court when you go from a 28%. If you're a 28% three-point shooter, no one's paying any attention to you outside the, you know, outside the paint. But when you're at 41, you, you got to have somebody close you out, right? But the cool thing about Randall is that the numbers really only tell part of the story, right? So like you said, John, last season they were 12 in the East at 21 and 45. This season they're fourth, which like, like, like I said for Tom Thibodeau when we talked about him, he's, that's the, the highest, the highest seeding for any team not named Bucks, Sixers, or Nets. Uh, so that's pretty impressive. You know, ended up with a record of 41 and 31. And like you said, John, too, it wasn't just, you know, drafting Obi Toppin isn't what made that difference, right? It yeah. was it was what Randall's been doing that really made that difference from him being 12 in the East to fourth in the East. You know, he, he's transformed into a star in the league, like, like, like Isaiah said. And I think for that, he's the most improved player in the league this year. 
Definitely. But let me, let me ask you too a question really quick. So at, at, like how Zay mentioned, you know, you know, Randall's been, been, been playing great. And I like how I mentioned as well, uh, he's only two points really away from Jokic. Well, when we understand that, you know, points isn't everything, but would it be far-fetched or a- actually answer me this? Do you guys have Randall in your top five MVP? Not top no. three, but in your top five. No, I don't. I didn't have him. No, but maybe top 10. Like if Chris Paul is considered a top 10 MVP candidate, I put Julius Randall right yeah, there. Yeah, I agree with that. I, 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 I don't – didn't make a list of 10 on top, off the top of my head, but he's definitely not top five. But I would put him above Chris Paul, though. I do agree with that. Yeah. Okay. 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 I just, I just wanted to get a, get a taste what you guys thinking about that, but you know, another, another great point that I I wanted to bring up about, about Julius Randle and, and his improvement is the fact that he really went from a power forward to a point forward. You know, if you, if you really watch these Knicks games this year's this year, there's many times where he's bringing the ball up court, you know, he's setting up the offense and we can tell that right by his assists, you know, his assists went from three assists per game to, to six assists per game. And I think that that, that really opens up the floor for, for, for Randall a lot more because Randall now understands that, okay, these double teams are coming. So I, I just got to find the right player because somebody's going to be open. So I think that that definitely opens up the Randall opens up the floor for, for Randall a lot more. Right. Uh, Another thing I, I want to talk about, you know, on the last episode, we talked about Tom Thibodeau and how he definitely is deserving of, of the coach of the year and how he really changed that Knicks team to a defensive oriented team. And yeah, right. Julius Randle, when opponents are guarded by Julius Randle, they shoot 10 percent worse of their original field goal percentage, man. So that definitely is something that we got to take into account. We you know we see that he's getting it done on the offensive end and the defensive end. And now he's winning. Right. So. To me, there is nobody more deserving to this award than, than, than Julius Randle. How do you, you guys agree with that? For most improved player, absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Okay. I, I, but but again, it comes down to how you feel with most improved player, just individual improvement. Because like I said, I mean, Grant literally doubled his points. Right? That, that's insane. Like he went, not literally actually, because he was at 12 and now he's at 22.3. But he's improved pretty much across the board on everything, assists, rebounds, I mean, you name it. But also his role has increased. We can't, uh, can't, can't down that, right? Like he was a third, fourth option maybe on the Nuggets. Now he's a first option on the on the Pistons. But, um, but what I like, again, about Randall is the fact that he's contributing to winning basketball, and that's huge. You don't put that in numbers. I mean, I guess you do in a number of wins, but – but 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 Randall has been a factor for himself and for the team, unlike uh, unlike Grant, who's just been a factor for himself pretty much. Definitely, definitely. So you know, I'm 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 excited, man, because we keep we're moving forward and we're moving closer and closer to that MVP debate, man. Because that's what I am here for, man. That's what I want to know about. So Zay, because you're the guest, man, we got to give you honors and let you knock it out the park first. Zay, who do you got for your MVP? Man. The Warriors won that playing game and were the eighth seed. I'd be biased and have Curry as But Jokic has been consistent all year. His team has more wins. You know, he's averaging almost a triple, damn near a triple-double. He's been doing it the whole season, like, your MVP. But if Curry had won that last game, I would have had him as MVP. But... 
it's it's a tough one for me, but Jokic is he's a clear MVP to me just based off his numbers. Like he's carrying the team. Like he's a point center, averaging almost nine assists a game. Like his scoring went up. I didn't think I saw him as around a twenty point per game score. Like he's he's over twenty five. Like I didn't see that jump from him at all. Um, Jamal Murray went went down like two quarters into the seat or three quarters into the season and the nuggets didn't fall down at all. Like, right. They actually went up in the standings. Yeah, now like, granted the Clippers were tanking, but, but yeah. still, you know, the, the, they stayed right there. They didn't fall out of the playoffs and fall into the play-ins. Like Jokic definitely carried that team. Yeah. If they fell, if like if they fell in the standings, Jokic would have fell in the MVP race. Right. I had him at number one, even before Jamal Murray went down. And then when Jamal Murray went down, that's kind of when Curry started going off in April. And that's why he moved up in the MVP race. So he didn't, he's a, Curry's team is a ninth seed. Jokic is, they're like the, they're the third seed. So he's an obvious MVP to me. We don't, the NBA doesn't give the MVP award to the ninth seed, the best player on the ninth seed. Like, that's true. That'd be tough for us to play offs and win MVP. Yeah. So, Zay, seed but we're not gonna that was like the lowest seed mvp won it in, in recent memory curry's not gonna win it at the nine seed yeah honestly it's not gonna happen unless he was averaging 40 points a game then then yeah well, if he was averaging 40 points a game they wouldn't have been a ninth seed they probably would have been in the playoffs yeah exactly so Zay, l- let me l- let me ask you a question you said that if the Warriors uh, would have made the playoffs, or if they would have won their playing games, then you w- then you would have had Curry as your as your MVP. So my question to you is: Would those two games matter to you more than the entirety of the season? So uh, first, first, me answer that question, and then I have a, a follow up question after that. Question: uh, No, those two games don't count for. I don't think should count because we could have won two games earlier in the season. I've seen the Warriors blow five to 10 games that they should have won, they, that they could have won two years ago if they had, if they just had Clay Thompson, but it's a, it's a new year, new team. They got to figure it out. But yeah, I don't think those last two games should have played a role, but it's, that's my bias in it. Cause if he had won those two games earlier in the season, we would have been a playoff team and, I might've already had made my decision that Curry is the MVP because we already locked in a playoff spot, but I had to wait to the last two games of the season to see if I really wanted him to be MVP, but we didn't get those games. So I wouldn't give it to him. Okay. Okay. And so my, my follow-up to that would be, you know, I've, I've heard people go both, go both ways for it. I've heard people say he can't be the MVP. He's in ninth seed, but then I've heard people say, he's a ninth seed they're the ninth seed because of him if he wasn't there they'd be the 20th seed there's not even 20 seeds but they'd be the 20th seed right so my question to you is from from your perspective how do you view it do you view it as wow he got them there to that ninth seed where they shouldn't have been or he can't be my MVP because he's the ninth seed um I think based off just his numbers and carrying the team, that's why I had him at MVP because if he wasn't on the team and Draymond or Wiggins is the best player on the team, they would have been the worst team in the league in my eyes. But since really, really, even, even just, I mean, Draymond, Oubre and Wiggins, I mean, that's, those are respectable players. Like you think it'd still be worse than the Pistons or something? I think so. Like if we started the season off 
Clay or Steph, our backup point guard was Brad Wanamaker. So if he was starting that point, I don't know if if we would have if we would have got a win like our first couple of weeks into the season. Like, yeah, I mean, I th- I mean, I don't know. I feel like you guys probably would. I mean, at the beginning of the season, you also had Wiseman. So it was Wiseman, Draymond, Ubre, and Wiggins. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. like that's that's not, obviously that's not a title contending team, but that's that's pushing like ninth, tenth seed, I think, if you just look at those players. Yeah, you also gotta de- like depend on their health too, because that's true. Yeah, I mean, health dictates all. You saw the Lakers; they 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 have the squad to be first, second seed, and ended up in seventh. So I totally agree with you on that one. Yeah, you guys, Lakers healthy. They're healthy the whole year. They they're expected to be top two seed. Right. So, okay, but Junior, what what about what about you with those two with those two questions? So, uh, so first, a- a answer to me, right? If Curry had you know a ridiculous two games for the play in and was able to uh, pull his pull his team into that into that playoff tournament, right? Would you would you have them? Would you weigh those two games more than the rest of the regular season games? And following up, uh, do you do you view those two games bigger? Talk to me about that. Yeah. So I mean, I think that um, I probably wouldn't weigh those games more than the whole season because it's a regular season award. I mean, the play in becomes a gray zone. Is it playoffs? It's not playoffs, but it's also not regular season, right? Like, what is the play in? So, so no, I wouldn't, you know, I, I, I like Curry as a player quite a bit. I, I'm not even saying anything against him, but I think it's undeniable that he had a slow start to the season. You know, he was coming back from injury. That's fair. You know, I'm not even, not even bagging on him, but I think he had a slow start to the season that he really picked up. Like, I think if we only look at second half, he's the MVP of the second half, no doubt. Like if we're just looking at season, he's the MVP of the second half. If we're actually looking at MVP and the letter of the lot, most valuable player, you can make a pretty good argument that without him, the Warriors would, you know, they, they would be much, much further from where they were. He was the reason they won a lot of games. You know, I mean, he had those crazy months in March and April and even May too. So, so, uh, you know, do I weigh those two games more? I'd say, no, I, I, I want to count the whole season as a whole, as a whole. And, and that's what kind of, you know, kind of got him down for me on, on, on there. And uh, the second question, what was the second question? The, the 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 second question I was I was asking to you is is his his MVP like he because a lot of people view it as okay he got them to the ninth seed without without him the war the Warriors would not be here but some people also view it as he can't be my MVP because he's the ninth seed so how do you yeah. view it? no so so I think that he definitely got them to the you know to to the ninth seed I guess but without him. It's also tough to say that they'd be much lower because of like what me and me and Zay were talking about. Like, it's tough to imagine a team with Wiggins, Ubre, Clay, not Clay, sorry, Dre, uh, Dre, Wiggins, Ubre, and you know, Wiseman for as long as you play. I guess Ubre, he was injured at, towards the end too. Would be worse than the Kings. Would be worse than the Timberwolves. Would be worse than the Thunder. Would be worse than the Rockets. You know, like that's tough to say. So you know, instead of ninth, maybe they would have been eleventh. You know, but I, I don't think it's a it's a drastic change. I think for me. To really have given Curry that MVP, I'd have to see him in like, you know, the top six, maybe. If you got that squad into the top six, that'd be, you know, a lot more impressive. And again, that's not to knock him. It's just he didn't, you know, he started off slow because he was coming back from injury. Then his center got injured, you know. His running mate was injured for the whole season. Then Ubre got injured at the end. So, you know, the Warriors just hit quite a – they just had a bumpy patch, you know, and I, and I don't want to put that on Steph Curry. I just think that um, – I just think that, you know, unfortunately – it just it, the, 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 the deck didn't line up, you know, for Curry to win the MVP. Same thing for LeBron, too. You know, I thought at the beginning of the season he was he was having a pretty good, you know, I wouldn't say he was the 
I think for a while there he was leading the MVP race, but then after he went down, I wouldn't even say it was, you know, it wasn't even close because he missed what, like 20, 30 games. Right. So at that point you can't win the MVP and miss 20 games, especially when you got guys like Jokic and Embiid, you know, I mean, Embiid also missed quite a bit of games, but also that's not who I have as my MVP. My MVP didn't miss a single game. So uh, I I have to, I have to, uh, I have to, you know, it'd be tough to put LeBron over him when, you know, Jokic is doing what he did got his team in a higher seating and played every game. Okay. All right. So since you want to talk about your MVP, Junior, go ahead and tell us who is your MVP and why. Yeah, all right. So, yeah. So it, it did come down to Jokic versus Embiid ultimately, but I did have to go with Jokic. And I know he's averaging a little less scoring than Embiid. He's at 26.4 as opposed to Embiid's 28.5. But he's out-rebounding Embiid, 10.8 to 10.6. I know it's a small change, but he's out-assisting him by three times. 8.3 to 2.8, all right? Jokic also has a better field goal percentage and a better three-point percentage, so he's a more efficient shooter. And like I just alluded to a little earlier, he has the best type of ability. He played every single game. Like, that's actually impressive. Not like, even if he missed like five or, you know, seven games, that'd be impressive. But no, he played every single game. And like they said, Jokic, Murray went down, they still got it done. He was still carrying his team to wins, you know? And I also think that he had to do more with less, right? And what I mean with that is he's in a tougher conference than the Sixers are. He's in the West. And I believe that if you take Embiid out of the Sixers and you take Jokic out of the Nuggets, the Sixers are a better team than the Nuggets. And I'm, now I'm saying we take that lesser Nuggets team, take out their second best player in Jamal Murray because they lost their second best player there. Now take all that and put them in the West – and they end 47 and 25. The Sixers ended 49 and 23. So they were really only two games back, despite all that. Tougher conference, lesser team, losing his running mate in, 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 in uh, Jamal Murray. So for me, it's, uh, it's just a hands-down Jokic MVP to me. I, I know you disagree, so I want to hear how, because to me, Jokic did his thing this season. And I think he deserved it, too. I know you were saying that you said it was going to be a Steve Nash MVP or something weird, but I think he, I think he did his, he did his thing this season. He deserved it. Cause there's a lot of good players this season and he did his thing. Okay. Okay. Well, so you know what? I got to swerve. I got to swerve on this one because, you know, so far we we've all agreed, you know, we've, we've agreed on Jordan Clarkson for six, man. We've, we've agreed for Randall for most approved, but for, but for this MVP, I got to swerve on this one, man. I know you guys are going with Jokic, but I got to go with Joel. And before I even get into my points, I want you guys to, Put this, put this through your mind before I even start talking about this. The only true knock on Joel Embiid and his MVP campaign is not really related to basketball. It's related to COVID or it's related to uh, health and safety protocols. So, so I'm just saying before I get into my point, let's keep that into mind that the reason why people are knocking him and their, their biggest knock on him is not because it's not because of basketball skills. It's because of something that he has no control about. But let's get into this, man. Let's talk about what Joel finished with, man. He finished with 28 points per game, 10 rebounds, three assists, one steal, one block, shot a ridiculous 51% from the field, a crazy 37% from, from the, from the three-point line, 85% from the free throw line, taking 10 free throws a game, led the entire league in free throw attempts, and also he led the entire league in points in the paint. You know what that means, man? It means he's unstoppable. It means that when, where he wants to get to, he's going to get to, and there's no, there's, no, there's no stopping him. There's no stopping. He's too big, too dominant, too strong. 
That's 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 what those free throws, uh, leading league in free throw attempts per game mean. That's what leading league in points in the paint means, right? And you know, let's how about instead of us looking at the games that he didn't play, right? So many players miss so many games, right? Like, 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 let's be honest, guys. You know, like we saw that that tragedy that that happened to Karis Lavert. You know, he couldn't play because of health health and safety protocols. He had to sit for seven to ten games, seven to ten days, not just games, seven to ten days for this health and safety protocols. Oh, so, for the plan. Yeah, for, yeah, for the plane. But I'm okay. talking. I'm just. I'm just using Karis Levert as an example. Like so okay. many players th- th- this season had to miss time because of these health and safety protocols or because of injuries, right? But more than ever in all, in any past years, players had to sit ten game ten days because of of, of, of these protocols. So it's something that has nothing to do with them, right? So basically, what I'm trying to tell to you guys is, instead of us looking at the time that that Embiid missed, let's look at the time that he did that he was on there. And let's realize the fact that he he's he's the MVP over both Curry and Jokic. If you look at just the time that he's on the court, on the court, Embiid had a better defensive year than Jokic by far, had a better defensive year than Curry by far. But we know that he had a better. You can make the argument, but I would lean on Jokic. I think I I, I mean I would lean on Embiid. I think that Embiid had a better offensive year than Jokic did, and the numbers would tell you as well when you, when just you look at scoring, ju- yeah, I'm just on scoring. I'm, I'm talking about offensively right now. Yeah, so just on scoring, like would you would you look at a whole offense? Would you still take Embiid? Because I mean, Jokic is responsible for a lot of Nuggets points, right? He's at at eight point three assists a game. That's insane for a big man. Definitely, he, he's he's definitely. F- f- facilitating that offense but it's not like Joel Embiid can't do that every time Joel Embiid t- is every hit. time Joel Embiid touches the every time Joel Embiid touches the post you know a double team is coming you know a double team is coming so I, while I agree well, I no can't excuse to not have eight assists a game I'm I'm not telling you I, I'm I'm not going to sit here and tell you realistically that I think Joel Embiid's a better passer than Jokic because he's not but I'm telling you that Joel Embiid is a is a much better scorer than Jokic is and basically what I'm telling to you is I would take Joel Embiid as a, as a scorer over Jokic more than I would take Jokic as a playmaker and a facilitator than I would Embiid. Embiid doesn't really? lack that much. Jokic can give it to you from anywhere, though. He, he could give it to you, but he, he can't give it to you in the post like Embiid can. He can't no, give it to you like from Embiid the three. No, not like bigger, though. But he can't, he can't even give it to you like from Embiid can in the three. Uh, no, he's a better free throw. He's a much better three-point shooter than Embiid. <sighs> How many th- he's taking a lot less threes than him per game? I bet we're gonna get a clutch talk. Let's let's let, let's get a fact check here. And B and Jokic is taking 1.3 threes per game compared to Embiid's 1.1. I'm seeing no, he's making 1.3, he's taking 3.3. Oh, he's taking 3.3. And Embiid is Embiid is taking three. Ah. Okay, ah, ah so 0.3 less, ah, 0.3 less. Okay, you know, okay, you know Ah, that's pretty interesting. <laughs> okay, okay. So, okay, so you, you, we, we, I'll give you that. I'll give you that point three that you. I think a, he's just he's he's a more versatile threat. Like Embiid's a better post work, but 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 Embiid, but Jokic can shoot better, and he can still give you pretty good post work too. You so, see, I mean, he's got a better field goal percentage. Period. So I mean, you, he's just getting that. And remember what we said last time too. Look at the free throw attempts. Eleven you, for Embiid. And Jokic, five. 
but that proves his dominance. That proves Jokic can't get to the line as much as Embiid can. Well, I think you could look at it that way. You could also look at the point that Embiid only has two more points per game, but he's he's taking a lot more free throws, double him almost. So you feeling like hey. I'm feeling like Max Kellerman around here, man. I'm feeling around <laughs> Max Kellerman around here. I got Zay and Jitter getting on me, man. But look, man, let, no, let, Embiid, let me. Embiid, Embiid's super good. Don't even get me wrong. I'm not even knocking Embiid. I just think Jokic did his thing. But keep, so, but keep going. Embiid, Embiid's a baller. And, and, and of course, Embiid's been balling, right? But so, Junior, like, you keep, I feel that you keep putting more emphasis on this offensive end for this MVP. Like, should an MVP be an overall award? So that's the question I want to ask you guys. Like, do both of you guys have Jokic, right? Zay and Junior, you guys both have Jokic. Are you guys not taking into account that Joel Embiid, okay, he may not be doing it at the same rate that, it, that, that Jokic is on the offensive end, but he's getting it done much better than Jokic and Curry is on the, on, on the defensive end. And so the way I'm breaking this down is we got a candidate in Embiid that can play better defense than both, than both Curry and, and Jokic arguably can play better, can, can play better offense than both. And he's the number one seed. If that's not the MVP, what's the MVP, man? Talk to me guys. Nicole Jokic. <laughs> no, I hear you. And Embiid is a better defender, but that's not when we can scoff at, at, at Jokic's defense either. You know, he's a, He's a solid defender, and I'll, I'll give you I'll give you Embiid as a better defender. But I'm thinking that I, I you have more of a threat. I think with 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 Embiid, I, you have more, sorry with Jokic. You have more of a threat with Jokic because, like I said, he's coming. He's he's point center almost, not even point forward. He's point center. He's taking the ball up court. He can pop. He can pop it on you with a shot. He can take it down low. Or he can dish it out. You know what I mean? And I feel like when when Embiid is coming, just get ready to take a charge and, and be seriously hurt because it's a big dude. But, uh, but you know what he's going, you know, he's, you know, he's going to the lane and he might give you a little, you know, mid range, but it's rare. Usually he'll po- he'll probably just be like a, he'll be a spot up mid range shooter. If even, you know, I think that, um, I think that, you know, Jokic just offers different dimensions of, of, of versatility, but I, I have to see that. Yeah. Embiid is a better defender, but Jokic is pretty good too. On defense, so I, I can't just can't just look past that. And I know I know it's a regular season award, and I know we're talking about defense right now. But I want to shift to just a quick fact I saw yesterday. But again, I know it's regular season. We're talking about playoffs here, real quick. But Nikola Jokic is actually averaging in this series so far, the two games that have elapsed against the Blazers, he's averaging thirty six points per game on sixty two percent shooting. Like and lost this, game one, huh? And lost game one. And, game, and one game two. So, you know, they, <laughs> okay. they, 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 they lost one, they won one, you know, they split it, but it's not, it's not Jokic that's dragging the team back. You look at, for example, money even trying to throw shots, but Jimmy Butler is not getting it done for his team. He's averaging like 13 points a game. Right. So, so it could definitely be, look, if, if Butler was averaging more than 13 points a game, they at least take game one. That thing went to overtime, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you can make an argument that it went overtime because of Butler though, because uh, of his last shot, but you know, I, I'm thinking that you you definitely got to look at Jokic as you know just he's just so versatile. He could just give it to you so many ways that he could leave the leave the defense without knowing really how to prepare for him. Okay, okay. But Zay, are you are you uh, putting in more emphasis on the offensive end or on defense end for your MVP? Um, for me, it's overall like where you did you help like did you dominate the game? Did you play a factor of your team winning every time they won? Like. And did Embiid not do that to you? 
the reason that they're that you're the top seed. Like he he is the reason. I think like the only reason I don't have him at MVP is the amount of games. Honestly, like he's played twenty games less than Jokic, but every point you've made has pretty much convinced me to tie Embiid and Jokic. Had Embiid played more games. If Embiid played every single game, 72 games like Jokic, I might have him as the MVP because he was dominant every game he was in. Like every time he was in the on the floor, he's he's dominant, but he didn't play every game. And you may point that it's not his fault, but Jokic didn't run into any of those problems and he's putting up these numbers every single game. Like it's, it's just the games for me, like, because Embiid was dominating every game. Jokic dominates every game. So had they both played the same amount, it would have been a very, very tight race. But for me, Jokic is a clear winner because of 20 more games played. That's for oh. me. But okay. it doesn't matter. Like, for me, I get, like, it matters offense, defense, but it really just matters, like, how did you play? Like, did you dominate? Because – and B dominates, does dominate on both ends. That's a great point. But he wasn't there for 20 games to, to dominate the game. But if he was there for 20 extra games, he, he's a, you, you made the point he's better on defense than Jokic. His offense is slightly, slightly better than Jokic in some areas. But he wasn't able to show it the whole year like Jokic. Definitely, definitely. Well, hey, so we we know what time it is. Hey, Zay, at the end of every episode, what we do here is we do a consensus, right? We get a consensus. So we we, we got six man and and most improved. We got we got Randall and JC. We got a consensus for that. It's yeah. looking like I'm gonna have to jump on the Jokic bandwagon over here. So <laughs> I guess our content our consensus is looking like MVP. We got Jokic. Six man of the year. We got Jordan Clarkson and most improved. We got Randall. Are you, are you guys cool with that? Yep. Yeah. I'm sorry, but it's got to be Jokic this year. Like, based off history, like, it's looking like he's going to be the MVP. Yeah. And regardless who wins it, though, they both deserve it, honestly. They both play real well. So, you know, if Embiid wins it, if Jokic wins it, I think they're both deserving guys. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Well, that right there is is a good closing point for us. Zay, man, thank you very, very much for coming on, Zay. You were an absolute great guest. We're, we're excited to have more of you on, man. We're, we're going to keep having more and more of Zay on, man. Uh, yeah. So thank you very much, Zay. Appreciate it. It's good good to see you, John. Nice talking to you guys. Nice meeting you. All good, all good. So as as always, you guys, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. I'm going to make sure to put Isaiah's Instagram right there, right in his little bubble. You know, go give him a follow, man. Go run it up. Go DM him. Tell him, Zay, you know nothing about basketball, man. The Warriors <laughs> suck. And go DM Clutch Talk, man. DM us on on uh, on Twitter and Instagram, man. It's at Clutch Talk 1. Come debate with us on there, man. We drop NBA polls, trivia, and all that on there. So uh, stay tuned for next week's episode. And that's it, y'all. We out of y'all. Clutch Talk out. Peace. After you take Brandy to the prom, you coming back to school with shades on your head. Literally looks like a jersey that you would leave out on the side of the street to get picked up by the garbage company like the next day. <laughs> Me and Matt say we're 6'4", but I think we're each probably an inch shorter than that. Me rounding up hurts nobody helps everybody. Basketball tales so strange, you didn't know that you didn't know them. So listen up, y'all. It's NBA Storytime, available wherever you get your podcasts.